0: Hey there everybody, this is Pastor T or Tevo DRC, whatever you want to call me. We're here today because I want to say that I really like Dallas, I really love Texas. It's just that I when I moved down here from the east coast, which I thought was the south in the area of central Virginia, I didn't realize that everybody down here would consider that the north and that this is really the deep south. I discovered it really is way deep south, more than I'd ever met. And so I found out that I like Dallas and it's sophisticated. I enjoy it a lot, but I was raised not back under the law. And when you go to trying to find ministry, fellowship, Christians to relate with, that has been a big issue, probably my biggest nightmare in serving the Lord had I ever known what to expect. And as a result, I was hit with doctrine, which I would experienced only a few times up and down the East Coast in prophetic ministry. But out here it was like every turn you couldn't go to fellowship where they worship the Lord and get in with the Holy Spirit without being accused or accosted or either disenfranchised because nobody wanted to get to know you. They just want to own you. And let me tell you one reason. I must be in ministry by the, you know, as a as a litmus test, as a typecast, just to get everybody attention to study their doctrine to defrag i was divorced that's a huge one i didn't know how big it was i was married my parents were married all their lives i thought i'd be married all my life i was married you know after dating four years in college and then i was married for 32 years two children then all of a sudden catastrophe hit and i was not even allowed to see face to face i never met one time face to face i was called on the phone demanded that I was gonna get a divorce and then it was his divorce, but I had no say so. And I was, you know, shocked and horrified. It was so horrible. Never wanted that to happen for my children. I believe in working things out. I'm James 317, easily entreated. So that was a huge hit right when I relocated, and it was just awful. And then I didn't realize how biased people are, how bigoted, how blaming, and they accuse the women, just the old Levitical patriarch thing, which I now teach on. But I thought, you know, if I see it, I can handle it because I know the Lord. I know good parenting and a good ministry. But I can also study their doctrine and analyze who does this type of thing. And that's where I get a lot of this is just being bombarded with phariseeism accusation in ministry not the brown-skinned people again not the people outside the churches it's only the religious ministers who have this doctrine so i'm going after god's having me go after the core of the doctrine i've taught on lately a lot on the origins of the adam and eve story was jesus the messiah did he judge by the side of his eyes? Was the father, uh, his father, the creator, an accuser? No, neither one. I'm teaching on Levitical patriarchism, which is shepherding, which is a lot of accusation and minutiae in there, that you know, legalistic hoop-jumping Phariseeism is a byproduct, which makes it really rough. If you want to show up, that spirit called whelp, I call it whelp, knows me. And it just starts to come at me or it just starts to make me feel very uh, judged and accused that I'm not under them. And that's why I study so many things because it affects relationships. It affects Jesus' names. It affects all these things that make people really think, I want to go know more about the Lord and being a Christian. But when they get there, they don't know they have added packaging of all this stuff slipped in through their doctrine. So I really call out now to the Christians who are the well western european levitical patriarchism anybody has levitical patriarchism that means you need to be over somebody they need to be under you you need to be under the law like they uh, they keep their eyes open for like witches and all the suspicious stuff uh, us against them and it's a big hierarchy mindset but it's more like a system and that system which i find fellowships are one thing a system needs to be well oiled and preserved to keep it going and financed so there's a lot more emphasis it seems on tithing and you know giving but also on putting pressure maybe also the pressure to conform to the top high person elevated ministry usually usually elite elevated ministry there are welps w e l p western your and Levitical patriarchism rooted in the misogynist disrespectful you rebellious spirit on levi when he was growing up he was the 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 middle son which is trouble of the least favored mother leah the doe-eyed one of patriarch jacob which later became you know and then he was the father of the tribe so we have the levitical spirit which if you read in google around genesis 34 it talks about how that there was a rape there were 12 children of of the father the patriarch and that there was a rape of the only daughter dinah and so the the so the man who did it a prince shechem wanted to marry the daughter cuz he really loved her and the two dads worked it out without violence retaliation from the brothers however the usurper authority, the conniving, the, the rebellious Levi and his brother Simeon were murderous, it said, and they arranged it so that the people of the tribe who'd done it, Haman's tribe, would um, get circumcised, and they didn't tell the father. He went behind his back, even though the two head patriarchs had worked it out. They went behind the back and said, condition, you cannot marry the daughter, I mean, you cannot marry our sister unless you do this, which is circumcised. Well, when the people got circumcised, the men of the tribe, they went there on the third day when they were so sore and helpless and slaughtered them. So that violence, the usurping of authority, that critical nature. And then with Levi's mother being Leah, he was the middle child and she was the disfavored wife of Rachel and Leah. And of course, she was probably feeling rejection, which was passed on down to him that he was not as good. There was also rivalry, great rivalry between Jacob's mothers, Jacob's mother, Leah, and Rachel because of the envy and the pressure to have children. And there was great Envy who would have the most that the two wives even got handmaidens to bear children in their honor. That's why we got so much stuff at the root and core of Levi. And I think in the natural sense that maybe, you know, Levites usually were the temple uh, people who served in the temple a lot. And they, in the secular sense, I always thought fine arts people who were the singers in, in fine arts, they had so much more prone to be accusers or jealous, that type of thing. But I'm not saying that on everybody like that. But I think some people are pure heart, but we got to watch out for our roots. If we're going to go back, all these Christians who teach on Jezebel, who accuse females of being Jezebel, accuse all these people of being this and Ahab or bitter root judgments and all this stuff that goes on out there. Listen, is that weird to focus that dark? Let's say this. Is that about getting people born again? This is what's going on. Instead, it's a sidetrack. It creates drama. It creates emotional intrigue. It creates heartache. It creates creates all sorts of things for the peer pressure to conform. That's why I'm putting it out there. But you get to figure it out. You get to be the noble Berean that would make Paul proud and your mama. And you get to be submitting it as a sila. I'm not making it dogma, but I'm making it an urgent plea for the sake of Jesus' good name, that people are not afraid to come know about the Holy Spirit or worship at your church. So we look back and we think, well, you know, I like Dallas. I think Dallas is great, but haven't I been able to to afford to go anywhere to do, do too much? No. Why? Because I couldn't get. A, I couldn't even figure out a place that wanted me. I couldn't go in there. One group they were that big, but they were so full of themselves, <laughs> they were into Jezebel's fire. I go to another one that's big. Their person sent their witch watcher over without me even, I was not even introduced. I sit there and this spirit in me, God's spirit is big and it's exploding. I will say this. I know it, but I'm a calm James 317, quiet, former Baptist who observes boundaries. Never do I act out. Never do I start rumors. Never do I do anything except show up to find more Father God, work on my own heart and be there. And these things come out. I've had people jump me in public, accuse me. I've had the same kind of people. And so after these things went on, I thought, man, I'm a litmus test. Put me in an audience, that devil comes out, and we need to teach on it. And, and if it's a controlling spirit, a Jezebel spirit in a ministry, the doctrine, then what does the Bible teach me? In Church of Thyatira, a book of Revelation, it teaches me i got to confront it. So I have been. I am confronting it. There's no reason that any ministry, anybody of Christ, anywhere, should resemble the accuser. So I taught just recently on with the Isaiah 11, 2, and 3 foretold prophet, apostle of the whole work of the, of the church in the global sense. Would he ever, which watch, would he have... <laughs> Would he ever jump people in public? Would he ever do some of the things that I have experienced? And as a mature prophet, I can teach on to prevent and stop, hopefully, other people who are less mature or less strong to be able to stand it. But I've been up and down. You know, the Lord has led me around. I know this happens to more than me. I've talked to people. They've talked to me. So we're trying to get this set. When they stereotype me, starting about, in the prophetic movement in the nineties here and there, but more out here than ever in the deep South in my life and chauvinism to boot, which I never had to deal with only the other, the, the, the wealth, but not the chauvinism and whelp, the accuser Pharisees. Now I teach on all of it. Cause if I get gender bias, size bias typed by white people, what do the black people and other races feel like? Cause they probably get it more than me. And I'm on a soapbox. To clear up our doctrine, make it safe in the United States. Clear out that Jezebel spirit. You know, if Jesus or Paul or any disciple in the first church, if they ever saw somebody look like they're filled with demons, like the roving Gadarene demoniac, would they run with get their witch watcher to go over there? Would they be so spooked? No, they would have. They would know the Father God so much and have all of His spirits of power and might, counsel, spirit of the Lord, fear of the Lord and they would do it the right way. And if they were that strong, if they were really men, and they saw a female over there teaching false doctrine or acting out, which I never have, they would know it would be God to rise up, go over and confront her in a respectful fashion. And Church of Thyatira, Revelation 2 or 3, and it says that the lampstand leader, the apostle pastor of the work, of the church of Thyatira was the one that God rebuked openly the holy spirit not the Jezebel who is a false teacher woman a false teacher woman was making the man scared and he was being a wuss a wimp so God chastised him why didn't you go confront her and set her out let me put this in for the witch watchers and the men and the whelp some of you men in ministry Even while we see, and everyone focuses on, the woman as the false teacher, the false prophetess Jezebel, Queen Jezebel in church of Thyatira, you have to also know that even while Paul, Apostle Paul said, let the women be quiet in the church, they had a woman. They had let a woman teach. Her name was Jezebel. They just happened to choose the wrong lady who had bad character and bad doctrine. So there was something going on in my opinion also as an apostle but not Paul apostle style you know Apostle Paul was sent to the Gentiles Apostle Peter was sent to the Jews the Jews and their women had been raised up around form structure and law the men were educated probably the women too and respected far more by the Hebrew culture and the men and women of that day Then the Gentiles, the Gentiles were everybody else who came from any kind of background, any kind of race, any kind of belief system, even Baal worship, cult practices, orgies, you know, hate to say it. Also the Roman government, that the people of the, the basic common group of Gentiles, the women were chattel. They were second rate citizens. They were slaves and they had no formal education, no formal structure. So those were probably the ones that could have. You know, Paul was rebuking because it says, "Men." This is another thing that is not being noticed now. It says, "Men, train your wives, train your women at home." It says, "Let the women be silent, and men, you train them at home." Who are the women? Not all of the women. That's the point. Not all of the women. The men, the women that were shouting out, that were their wives, their sisters, their cousins, their baits, their friends, their In their business, those were the ones that they were Gentiles. That's my point. If you could tell all these people and all around the nation, Baptists as well, Methodists as well, certain, you know, Methodists are pretty cool. They really are. Catholics, you know, they're pretty cool. They're down to earth. Not chauvinism. But I'm saying that the general population has a huge issue with this, and I'm teaching on it to confront it. The other part is I'm very respectful. And I'm very wise to the fact that I know that not everybody's going to believe it. Not everybody's going to see it. And that's okay. I'm your sister in Christ. I'm your fellow minister. And I'm going <laughs> to state my belief in a sila form, not dogma, not attack, but assessing and, you know, being making some big points. But I'm putting the tennis ball of decision into your court for you to hear, you to be the noble Berean, and you hear God. But I am also noting that I am saying it very respectfully in James 3.17 to you. And any disagreement, any point that you think I'm really missing and make a mistake on, it is your choice to also be as equally James 3.17, respectful, easily entreated, pure in heart as I am. Both of us can allow to see different doctrinal point of views Everybody can hear God for themselves, working out your own salvation, be a noble, noble Berean. However, you're going to see that Ephesians 4 has four common doctrines every Christian needs to have to be the real, a real Christian. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God the Father of us all is their criteria for being a Christian. Read the whole chapter because it talks about community, but it starts off with everyone. You and I, all of us walking together, all of us, leaders, lay, males, females, white or black or brown, in meekness and lowliness and long-suffering to get along. And then it mentions the common doctrine. That means if you have a totally different theology than I do on this or any other thing, that is your choice. However, everyone needs to know that I and you will all be accountable before the Lord and his throne one day by ourselves. Our father will not be there, our seminary professor will not be there, a mother or a wife will not be there. It will be you and I and the Lord, and he will hold you and me accountable for our doctrine, our teaching, and what we allow ourselves to be led by and sit under when we get there. There's the private ministry to the Lord, your personal life with him that will be evaluated and judged. And then there will be the ministry life. So I'm submitting that all to you as a Selah and a PS. You know, I love you all. I really do. And I respect people. I respect Christians. I might come down on your doctrine. I don't come against you personally. I don't come against you. I come against false teaching. Here's how I can tell false teaching or true. Here I can tell because it accuses. It resembles the accuser, not the Messiah, who would not judge by the sight of his eyes nor make decisions based on what he heard, who overcame the Messiah in Revelation 12, verse 7 through 11. And the Isaiah Messiah is he would not judge by the sight of his eyes. He was sharp and discerning, delighted himself in the fear of the Lord. I mean, if you have the fear of the Lord, you're respectful for everybody. You're humble. And that is Isaiah 11, 2 and 3. So I'm submitting it to you. The ball is in your court. God bless you. God loves you. You have a great day. This is Tevo DRC signing off for now if you'd like to participate and so into the expansion of this offering we're getting ready to move. We're getting to move up bigger and we're getting ready to renew all our our you know equipment and ministry things, worship ministry as well. God bless you and have a great day again. Bye-bye.